Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. You're like a crazy person! What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Let me say that again, DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote. And yes, you might be able to have me at your next event. I would be honored to entertain the people. The people need to be entertained. Speaking of entertaining the people, today on the program, I have Stephen Gubb. Yeah, Stephen Gubb is a real integral part of entertaining the people. How, you say? How? Well, you get to hear how. In the next few minutes. So stick around. This week's shows. Yes, this is the part of the program where I put in what public shows and what private shows I'm doing and what weddings, what parties are coming up. Due to the novel COVID 19 coronavirus, I have no public shows. I have no private shows. I have no shows. <laughs> I have podcasts. That's what I'm doing. I have podcasts. So no DJing for the people. I get to talk to the people. And one of those people, is coming up right about now. Stephen Gubb, I get to call him on the phone, and you get to hear him in your ears. Calling Stephen Gubb now. Stephen Gubb, please. You're speaking. <gasps> Stephen Gubb, the rum man. <laughs> when Stephen Gubb's around, man. the party is starting. You know. Well, let the party begin. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. I, I, all right, party people. I, I, I'm very happy. I'm very honored to have Stephen Gubb on the line on the What Makes You Famous podcast. Uh, for those that don't know who Stephen Gubb is, Stephen Gubb, introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are. Well, I have to do that because I know that there's no doubt not anyone in your audience who knows who I am or why in the name of God I'm on your show. But uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I am the owner of a small batch craft spirit rum called Gubba, G-U-B-B-A, Gubba. My last name is Gubb, and I had the audacity and the arrogance to name it after myself, which is what you can do when you invest ridiculous, stupid sums of money into doing things like this. Um, I own a, a product called Gubba Rum, uh, and uh, they are, in my opinion, because who else is going to say this, uh, they're real special because they just, number one, they taste great. Um, and uh, they are, we have two. We have a silver and a gold. Uh, and what's different about these and why anybody should care at all is that these are infused these are infused rums. These aren't straight rums. If I made a straight rum, who would care? Nobody. Not anybody in the universe, on the planet, anywhere. Nobody would care. So what we did is we infused the rums. We have a silver that's infused with real coconut. We have a gold that's infused with real vanilla. They are both made with certified organic ingredients. They are both 35% alcohol. 
by volume, which is 70 proof for those of, uh, <laughs> those of you in California. And uh, the best part is these are wicked smooth rums. These are not like anything you've ever tasted. They're incredibly smooth. Uh, the stuff goes down so easy, you'll end up drinking half the bottle or perhaps more. And you'll say, gee, where did that go? Because it's really that smooth. I'm the only human being on the planet telling you how smooth my rum is and telling you the truth. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing, uh, Stephen Gubb, <laughs> Gubba Rum. Now, you're out there in the in the Northeast, in uh, in New England, Wabin, Massachusetts. I hope I pronounced that properly. You did. You okay. did. I, I, it's Wabin, Wabin. Uh, but not that, not that anybody cares. No, uh, I care. I like pronouncing oh, okay. well, things properly. Uh, no, well, and you're in, in Wabin, uh, Massachusetts, and, and I figured I know I'm going to get some New England clo- colloquialisms uh, when I'm talking to this fine, fine man, and I'm getting wicked good, wicked. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's going to get a lot worse because it's just the way I, I really I really do talk like that. If you saw the, uh, what was it, the Hyundai commercial on the Super Bowl, where um, I forget the, the four actors and actresses who were on there talking about the, this cat, this the Hyundai was parking was parking in a really tight parking space, and they said, "Ah, the car's got smart park," and they were talking and making it was hysterical. I loved it, but that's really how I talk. I loved it. John Krasinski was in there. He was the guy. He was in that commercial. It was a scream. I loved it. I couldn't believe how funny it was. Um, well, definitely, well, your, yeah, your your accent is definitely a party view. But please continue. I, I want to know yeah. everything there is to know about Gubba Rum and rum in particular. I didn't even know well, that there were flavors. I'm not a drinker, man. You got to school well, me. I, well, we're well, I, we're going to this is going to be a fun education because drinking rum is uh, as the as we as when we participate in the Miami Rum Festival, which unfortunately has been canceled. It was supposed to be next this coming weekend. Oh, I'm uh, from Miami. The, Hmm. Oh well, well they're doing. Uh, they this last couple of years they've been doing their own festival in Coral Gables, and we were all looking forward to it. And then they had to cancel or postpone, like everybody else, unfortunately. Yeah. Anyway, their slogan, their tagline is "Rum is fun," and that's what we live by. Rum is fun. Uh, we we're here to, uh, you know, a lot of people they make rum and they're really serious about it because it has a very long history. Uh, in North America, it goes back five to 1600 in Barbados, and there's got, got plenty of bad history, unfortunately. But you know, it's it's one of the first spirits uh, in 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 the hemisphere, not in the hemisphere, but in North America. And uh, it's just it's just a, it's it's got the pirate thing going, and the uh, the uh, the treasure going, and Tiki going, and all sorts of great things. Um, and so again, as I said, if, you know, straight rum that just tastes more or less like alcohol or like the wood it was aged in or something like that. Well, that's all great. Mm. Um, but, uh, and you know, it's been around forever and the real rum aficionados can tell you about the, the, what the, what the smell of the rum is and what they can smell this oak and this wood barrel and this. This they can do all these things. I can't do any of those. My guy, my goal was not to make a rum that everybody else is making. I wanted to make something different. I really did. I want somebody to sit in a bar with. I want a couple, nice young couple, to be sitting at a bar at eight o'clock on a Friday night or nine o'clock on a Friday night and have a cocktail that they love so much and they think tastes so good 
that they order another one because then I'm helping. The, my my goal is to make a, the cocktail that they love, and that helps the bar make money. Because if I'm like anybody else, if the bar doesn't make money, and if I don't make money, well, you know, I gotta I gotta be doing something else, yes. and I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything else. I like what I do. Stephen, um, go. You know, I I did mention I'm from Miami, and I I did spend a large chunk of my life in the Florida Keys. And one of the things okay. they had down there, yes, the pirate life definitely was a, a big part of the uh, of the psyche of the tourism. And, and rum runners was a drink that was just, it, it, it up and down the Florida Keys, you had to have a rum runner. What, do you know what a <laughs> rum runner is? And have you ever heard of know. this drink? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a few drinks, and the easiest way to keep track of them is to go to a, a liquor store and uh, just look for all the, uh, there's usually a section where they have all the cocktail mixers. Mm. And just, just look for the mixers because Bacardi, the, uh, the very large rum company with all sorts of cash to do all sorts of things, they make, they make mixers. And their mixers, among their mixers are uh, the Rum Runner mixer, a mixer for a cocktail called the Bahama Mama, <laughs> uh, a, a mixer called the Hurricane. Um, they, I, I've never seen a mixer for the uh, pain for a drink called the Painkiller. Um, <laughs> okay. But but uh, oh, actually, there it is, right there. The <laughs> Hurricane. <laughs> I, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to call it up as we speak. Hmm. Now they're all pretty. I mean, they're all pretty easy to make. Um, for example, uh, let's see. You, you know, if you you know what do you, what, <laughs> what do you like to drink? Typically, these drinks are um, uh, you know there's a lot of fruit juice. You know, a good strong rum. Keep in mind, my rum is 35 percent alcohol, 70 fruit. That sounds there's like a, a lot. From, you know, it does. It's really it's really not. I mean, that's okay. one of the reasons my stuff. I, it's, it's one of the reasons my rum is smooth is because it doesn't have a very or super high alcohol content. Okay. Um, uh, but uh, and and that's what I want because everybody in the world doesn't want to drink grain alcohol. <laughs> um, that's ninety five percent alcohol. They want to drink. They want to relax and have some fun, listen to music, and not be unconscious for the next twelve hours. Correct. Um, at least they say some people <laughs> want to do that, but that doesn't work for me. Um, uh, anyway, a, a hurricane, for example, is uh, it would be for me two ounces of my silver rum, Gubba Silver, two ounces of dark rum, my Gubba Gold, uh, an ounce of lime juice, an ounce of orange juice, maybe some passion fruit. And to me, it's already that it's already would be sweet enough. So I leave out the simple syrup. And, you know, shake it up over rice and you get yourself a great drink. <sighs> now, if you want, if you want to, if you're tough, you know, and, you, you know, you drive, I don't know, whatever you do, you drive a big boat or a big truck and you're really a tough man or woman. Well, okay, you add a little of uh, this rum from Jamaica called Ray, W-R-A-Y, Ray and Nephew. And they've got a 151 rum which they they when you it, nowadays it's called overproof rum uh, and nowadays it, there's a, a warning label on overproof rum it says flammable do not take on the airplane <laughs> which, I, which is you know, how great is that i mean you know it just doesn't get any better than that oh the rum is dangerous um, man the, it's dangerous it, it, 
it, it is. Now I can't drink that. You know, if I if I put seventeen gallons of water, maybe I could drink it. Ooh. But I, about I don't know how many years ago. I don't know. Ten years ago, I was in uh, um, uh, St. Thomas, uh, and I St. Thomas uh, uh, and rum is from uh, the Virgin Islands, of course. I think they they distill in St. Croix. Mm-hmm. And I go into the uh, what's great about the supermarkets in Charlotte, Emily, the, uh, the the city you fly into when you fly to St. Thomas. There's a very lovely supermarket there, big old place, and everything's pretty cheap. I want, and they have a huge rum section, of course. I walked in, I was getting on the plane, I said, oh, I gotta take a couple bottles of rum back to Boston with me. Mm. So I do, I take my couple bottles and I take them home and I'm all happy and I didn't even touch them for a couple of months. One day I go and I want to make a rum cocktail and I go and I take a sip of the rum and I thought I was gonna die. Oh. And I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. And I looked at the bottle and it wasn't the 86 proof rum that I thought I bought, it was a bottle of their Cruzian 151 rum. And I, I almost, almost killed myself. Oh, you're expecting one the, thing, and you can you get a totally I, different I, thing. Yeah, I had no idea that I took the wrong bottles and brought them on the plane and brought them in. You know, did the whole thing. Oh my God, that was I couldn't believe I did that. I still have the bottles because I have I can't I can't even drink it. You can't but get it the room. You haven't been. You haven't taken them. them to a party. Water I, them no, down. I, well, I, I I look. I have no friends, so <laughs> nobody invites me, and what? I never get to do any of those things. Oh, but make, I could make hurricanes. You've given me a great idea. I can make hurricanes. Make friends with Stephen Gubb right now. I, <laughs> I encourage you. I, I've been perusing his his Facebook feed and all the photos there. It's primarily uh, drinks and pretty women. <laughs> that's that's well, what what the party is all about, man. You you noticed that? Yes, I did. <laughs> it's hard not to notice. <laughs> you know, when, when I started this, I started this uh, eight years ago now. And at the time, I was sort of, I've had a bit of a checkered employment history. Let's leave it at that. Okay. And it was time to, you know, do something. I needed to change what I was doing. And it, it, it um, somehow it came up that maybe I should get into the rum business. Um, I tried something in St. Martin, Martin that I wanted to import into the United States. It didn't work, so I started making my own rum. Hmm. That's the real short story. Um, and, uh, so here I am, you know, here I am, I'm doing the rum thing and, you know, what can I say? It's better, it's better, more fun to do this. I start, I just think it, it would be more fun doing this than 98% of, you know, the other things that you got to do, which are real work. I, you know, I, I do food, wine and spirit festivals and I go to the Orleans and I go to Florida. Not so bad. No, not bad at all. <laughs> You're spending time in, in a lot of the dirt that I chewed up, you know, definitely in South Florida. I could see you <laughs> yeah. going there and making a party full of rum. Uh, you know, I'm, oh, half, yeah. I'm half Cuban, too. So rum is in the blood. It's in my family. I think uh, a lot of my family members take it intravenously. So I'm, I'm well, glad I, that I need to meet. Yeah, go I ahead. need to meet your I need to meet your family. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you, <laughs> you're going to I'm turning them on right now to a brand new <laughs> rum out of Massachusetts, out there in, in New England. And I'm guessing you can deliver this stuff all over the country and possibly all over the world, right? You know, we can't. We're a, we're a small batch craft spirit, and we are not, unfortunately, we're not widely available for mm-hmm. a couple of reasons. Number one, to make a lot of rum, it, it takes a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And I, 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 number one, I, I don't have that kind of financial clout. Um, and frankly, I, you know, to get into a business like this, I'm a, I'm just a guy. I'm just a, you know, I'm just another guy on the street. 
and I got into this. And if I had any brains at all, I never would have done this because you gotta, you who are you playing against? You're playing against these gigantic multi-billion dollar corporations. And, you know, I, I got a buck 50 in my pocket on a good day. Uh, so, so, you know, it's, it's difficult. Um, but we are available in Massachusetts, which is where I live. Mm-hmm. We're available in the rum is available, uh, in Florida, in uh, Miami, Orlando, Cocoa Beach. For a lot of deal, um, we're just getting into uh, Boca and Delray. We're just standing in those areas. Uh, we had been in Jacksonville, but that sort of fell apart. We got to get back at it, um, and we're available in New Orleans. We would do, you know, we, everything was swimming along for. We were doing really well, and uh, you know, we got hit by Corona like everybody else. So we we're uh, being very careful now. Yeah, the virus, not the drink. Now it's yeah. it sounds like Stephen Gubb, you travel and wherever you travel, you hawk your wares, uh, and that being the Gubba rum, and, and it sounds like people take a liking to it. And being you know, and being a non-drinker and looking at it from the outside, I do work in a lot of bars, DJing and stuff like that. But I do get to to hear about some of the drinks and a lot of the kids these days. And yes, I'm a 51 year old man. I could say kids these days. I'm getting up there. <laughs> You know, a lot of the kids are, are into the craft beer, the the micro brewery, the, the the smaller batches. Do you think that because you make smaller batches, does that affect the taste? Does it does it taste better? Is that contributing contributing to the smoothness? Yeah, I I, I really do. Um, we uh, are very careful about what we do and how we do it. Um, I I I personally source the ingredients for the product. Uh, we, I source the coconut, I source the vanilla, the yeast, the sugar, everything we use to make the product. Um, I, 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 buy, I don't have a staff of a thousand people doing it. I buy it and I know what we buy. We buy certified organic ingredients. And frankly, we distill in Colorado and uh, in, the, in the Loveland, Colorado, which is about 60 miles or so north of Denver. Mm. Uh, it's a very cool little town. Uh, when you look, when you're looking north, if you look east, you just see it's just flat plains. And if you look west, about a mile up, about a mile away are the Rocky Mountains. And it's just a spectacular, beautiful country out there. It's really amazing. Uh, but we use, you know, the water is fabulous. And like anything else, water is one of the main ingredients in any of these products. And we have really great water. So everything from beginning to end is, uh, is top quality. All the ingredients are, uh, are just pla- platinum star ingredients. Everything is the best. Um, and it's, it, what's interesting, I, I see more and more, I see uh, blended rums where people take several different rums and blend them and do this and do that. <clears throat> we distill from scratch. We don't blend anything. Uh, whatever's in the bottle, if you like it, it's my, I get the credit. And if you don't like it, I get the blame. <laughs> um, actually, the, actually, the distiller is going to get the blame, but Uh-oh. that's the simple story. Yeah, no, but I, it, I think it does make a difference because when you're making uh, the small batches that we make compared to, say, the 30 million cases that, yeah, that Jack Daniels makes, well, think of this. If you, there, there was a show, there's a show about Jack Daniels on the Discovery Channel that I've seen a couple of times because I'm just in awe of what they can do. They have these massive, you know, they show you. The Jack Daniels, there was a fire and they rebuilt the 
barn and the distillery and all the town helps out and all this other stuff. It's a gigantic computer operation. It's all automated. Their whole system is automated. Um, we don't, that's not what we do. Everything that we do is done by our distiller by hand. Um, and it's controlled from beginning to end. So we have a real high quality product. No, I believe that to be true. It sounds like it's mostly hands on by you, Stephen Gubb, and you're, you're in charge of it all. So yeah, it all does fall on you being the CEO. And, but, uh, yeah, I, when when you mentioned that it was in Colorado, I was going to ask you a question, but then you answered it. Of course, it's the water. <laughs> That's the pure water. You want that ingredient to, uh, to to reflect. I know that when I was in Colorado, I, I think it was the best iced tea I ever had because of that water. It's delicious. Yeah, it's, it's, surpri- it's surprising. Typically, I think people don't think about uh, that that aspect of almost anything that they drink. Um, but there are states with some. There are a few states with great water, and there are plenty of states that don't have such great water. Mm. Um, and we, 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 I am really lucky enough that I, you know, when we first started, I started distilling again, and I personally don't distill it. Uh, I have a, I work with a distillery out in Loveland, Colorado. I was fortunate enough to start working with a distillery out there where they have the really best water maybe in the country. That's fantastic. And how did you, how did you find out about them? Was it you uh, just doing the research or, or how long ago did you start the, the Gubba Rum again? We started this in uh, the spring of 2011. Oh my. So, and what were you doing up till then? I mean, the, the, I mean, what, what got you to where <laughs> I'm going to quit everything else and just get into the rum business? I mean, what kind of work were you doing? Well, see, that's a really easy question because see, I have, my employment history, when I said it was checkered, I basically have a life. I basically have a lifetime of failure behind me, so that I've done all sorts of things in, during the course of my life. Uh, and when we, when I started to do this, I um, it turned out that somebody I went to high school with had a son who who's uh, had a company uh, that introduced new spirit brands. Uh, into the uh, spirit market, um, I had I, that. Did, my relationship with that guy did not work out. However, he had introduced me to a distillery owner uh, who he had met at a convention, a spirit convention, and uh, uh, my relationship with that distillery is great, and they produce a fabulous product. Frankly, they make me look like a genius. Well, Stephen Gubb, I do want to cor- make one correction on that story. They're not failures. They're learning experiences. <laughs> Thank you for that correction. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and thankfully, because of, of those learning experiences, now we have a, a fine, fine rum on the market. Yes, it's, it's in uh, small quantities and you have to travel to go get it. But I think it's probably going to be worth the travel. <laughs> so were you, you were born and raised in Massachusetts? I was. I was. I'm originally from Worcester, Massachusetts, in Central Mass. Uh, I grew up here. Uh, I went to college in Washington, D.C., and I'm a, I've been living in Massachusetts since then. Well, what kind of studies did you do in college? What did you want to be uh, when you grew up? Well, that's a, a very good question because someday I'll grow up and have an answer for you. <laughs> um, I, well, w- back then, um, I, I did what everybody else was doing. All right, God, let's go to law school. And that didn't quite, that didn't pan out. Oh. And uh, I did, I did all sorts of things. I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I became 
a certified public accountant. I was an accountant for a number of years. Then I went into real estate. I had a property management company, a condominium management company. Uh, I developed a, a condominium property with a couple of other partners uh, in, in Massachusetts about, uh, about 15 years ago now. And I uh, got into the real estate business. But then, uh, again, as I said, in 2011, uh, my wife and I went on vacation to St. Martin and uh, met. We, we tried a particular product down there, which we liked very much. It was a really cool hand-painted bottle, little handkerchief around the top of the, around the cork. It was really cool, very cool, very cool little bottle. And I negotiated with these people to see if they would let me import their product into the United States. They would, but the FDA would never accept it. They, uh, it wasn't of a, although it tasted good, it was not a high quality product. And the fact was, and probably still is, that they made the stuff in their backyard, mm. in the dirt, in a little grass hut. And that's not what the FDA likes to see. <laughs> I suspect so, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not their thing. So, uh, you know, we had to do some more work and there were a lot of uh, tough lessons learned in the first couple of years. And believe me, if you're in business, as everybody who's in business knows, every day you're in business, you learn something else. And you, you learn a tough lesson, or maybe you learn good lessons. So every day's a learning experience, that's for sure. Oh, for sure, Stephen Gubb. Now, you hadn't been in distilling before that. I mean, I guess you'd been a rum drinker uh, of some uh, of somewhat. Uh, that was, <laughs> was that your, your drink of choice? I mean, why, why rum? Uh, well, it was, it was really not my drink of choice. The, the truth is, I'm not much of a drinker. Mm. When I drink, uh, I like typically uh, will, would have a, a glass of wine. Nowadays, I, I drink a little more. <laughs> I drink my own stuff, which I like very much. I will drink any type, any number of rum cocktails. But I am not a big drinker. I'm still not a big drinker. Uh, a Diet Coke on ice is fine with me most of the time. Yeah, drink responsibly. A message from <laughs> from from you and me. <laughs> that's that's right. No, that's, that's right. and that's good, man. I you know I I, I do, man. I, I do see people having drinks and having a good time, and part of that is you know drinking in moderation. The ones that drink hard, they don't they don't seem to fare so good. But I, I do get to no, spend a lot of time don't. in bars. And, and if you have a couple, hey, I mean, that, that sounds for, uh, for a good night. It kind of smooths you out, especially if people are kind of nervous <laughs> and, and, and want to take the edge off of whatever That's the right. week was. And, and, and why not? Why not grab a gub of rum? <laughs> exactly. That's the thing that they should be grabbing. Uh, so Absolutely. what? All right. You, you, you alluded to the ingredients in that, but how was how rum made anyway? Um, well, it's really, it's really not that difficult a process. Um, for you, you first have to make what, what is called a, a rum wash, and what that is in in the case of my rum is uh, we have a essentially we have a, a, a big tank uh, with that um, we put we add five hundred gallons of hot water uh, heat water that we heat up to about a by 180 degrees, excuse me, we had to the 500 gallons of water, we had 500 pounds of uh, organic sugar. Um, and to be clear, to, so that your listeners understand, uh, rum that is 
if, if a rum distillery is on a sugar plantation or a sugar farm and you have fresh sugar cane available, then the juice from the fresh sugar cane can be distilled. However, sugar cane and sugar cane juice like that really doesn't travel very well. So I'm in Colorado, which doesn't have vast sugar cane field. So we have to use what is this, what you, you and I would just call granulated sugar. In the, in what we use is organic granulated sugar, 500 pounds. And uh, yes, I have carried the 50-pound bags of sugar up the ladder, put it into the top. I know I'm, I can't do this anymore. I'm too old for this stuff. Um, but you put the sugar in, then we add the yeast, then we add the nutrients, mix that all up, put, take that mixture, transfer that to a fermentation tank. The, and that uh, mixture will ferment anywhere from 8 to 10 days. And uh, once that process is finished, it goes back into that, basically the same tank. And then it's processed through a five-column still. Um, it's it's uh, uh, brought up, it, it, it's, it's at a high alcohol content. And the distill, and which then we then distill it, it tur- we turn it into rum. And what the, running it through the still does, it removes certain alcohols that uh, you don't want in the rum. Let's, the, the simple terms are good alcohols and bad alcohols. So the, a distiller has the ability in the, once the rum is, once the, the, the rum is, the distillate is moving through the, the, the still. Basically, what you do is you're removing the first the first um, few gallons of liquid that come out of the still, and then you you get which are no good because they're filled with bad alcohols. The rest of the distillate is uh, captured in another tank, and at before all of the uh, fermented product goes through the still, there is at the end of that process there's, uh, what, there's more, again, bad alcohols left over. You don't want those in the rum either. And you stop it. You cut it off. So you've got hopefully really good alcohol in now in the tank that is ready to be infused. Man, Stephen, you, you said it was simple but there's a process to it. So from start to finish, I mean, we're well, how long does it take to, to make a bottle of rum? Yo ho ho! Well, it's not, it's real for us. It's really not that bad. I know it. May, I, I I apologize. I know I may, maybe I made it sound complicated. It's not overly complicated. The, the talent is in being able to taste and recognize the bad alcohols and making sure they're not included in what you're trying to make. You get rid of that stuff. Um, it's like I said. It's eight to ten days from the mixture to the ferment through the fermentation to the distillation and once that product has been distilled that stuff is really ready to drink what we then do is take that basic rum split it in half half of the product gets uh infused with real vanilla bean and again it's real vanilla bean and the other half gets infused with real coconut shredded coconut and gets its flavor. The, the the two products get their flavor from the vanilla and the coconut. We don't flavor. We don't have to put any additives in our rum. We let it sit for about a month, and at the end of that time, it gets bottled and shipped. 
That's very um, I'm old. I'm old. I don't have time to age for 20 years. <laughs> the only thing that's aging is me, and that's that's not a good thing. Me too, my man. Now, when you say yeah. when you say sugar, I automatically think of Hawaii. Is is that where the sugar is coming from, or is it from all over wherever you get sugar? Actually, uh, this sugar came from South America. Cool. Okay. The stuff, the stuff, the stuff we're drinking right now it came from South America, but that could vary. It depends. You know, it really right now it's, it's like anything else. When you when you want to buy a commodity, well, where's the best stuff at the best price? That's it. That's absolutely correct. And that way you can pass that savings along to the customers. Exactly. That's what, we, what else are we going to do? So, That's what we have to or, do. Originally, were you making some of that gubba rum in Massachusetts, uh, you know, trying to put that stuff together before you found the Colorado distillery? No. In fact, the Colorado distillery, uh, when we first started working with them, uh, it was with the understanding that they were going to take the product that we originally wanted to import to the United States. And keeping that as, as a model or a framework, we wanted to develop a rum that would sell in the United States. Uh, the coconut rum, we, we wanted to do two. We thought coconut would certainly be a good product that would be popular and would be saleable. And we also went to the vanilla, which we also thought would be saleable. Uh, and while there are many coconut rums, uh, and frankly, I'll to toot my own horn. Uh, I there may be a, there's a lot of uh, natural products out there, quote unquote. Most of the coconut rum that's out there is 21 percent alcohol. There are a couple that are 35 percent alcohol, but none of them are made with certified organic ingredients. So, uh, frankly, I think. There is there is a product made with coconut water, but I don't think it compares. And again, that's twenty one percent alcohol. I don't think anything compares to my coconut rum. There are a couple of vanilla rums that are really very nice, but again, I've got a product that's made with certified organic ingredients. At some point, very soon, I hope to have them certified as organic. Uh, and they, uh, my product has my rum has a smoothness which I don't think I, I have never. Uh, tasted another vanilla rum that matches, or coconut rum for for that matter, that matches my spirits uh, in smoothness. I just haven't tasted them. All right. So since you're local to Massachusetts, I, I want you to give shout outs to the to the different pubs and and rest and restaurants and places that are serving up uh, your gubba rum up there in the Massachusetts area. In case anybody's out there, and what's the response, man, uh, on uh, on your rum when people take a drink? I'm looking at your Facebook page and I'm seeing some good some good recommends there. But uh, where's the places in Massachusetts you can pick that stuff up? Well, uh, we're we're in and around Greater Boston uh, and into Central Massachusetts. Uh, we're in uh, liquor stores. Uh, oh, let's see, uh, going from north to south. Let me think about this. Uh, north of Boston, uh, a place in Hamilton, Mass, called Community Package Store. In two stores in Ipswich, uh, one is called Mackerel's on Main Street. <clears throat> Another store is called the Ipswich Beverage Company, which is on Route 133 in Ipswich. Um, uh, the store in Peabody is called A&L Liquors, uh, Albert and Louie, if you will, A&L. <laughs> and in fact, in that store, we've just started selling, as, as a number of people are doing all of a sudden during this uh, age of corona, we're selling uh, 
both of our rums, the silver and the gold, in a branded drawstring bag. It says Gubba Rum on it. And we're selling uh, ready-to-drink cocktails. And the way we sell it is that you get in the bag, you get a bottle of our rum, either the silver or gold, and we include a bottle of an organic cocktail mixer. The name of the mixer is called Ripe, R-I-P-E, Ripe Bar Juice. Uh, we sell a mojito mix with the silver rum, the coconut infusion, and that cocktail is fabulous. And we sell a margarita mix with our vanilla infused gold rum, and that's also just delicious. I think my really, family really just perked up with that margarita. Uh, there, <laughs> there's quite a few of them just, just said, huh? Okay, give me some. <laughs> and, and, and since a lot of my, my people are down in South Florida, I, I know if you can. If you can name just one place that that sells it down there, uh, a lot of the people that listen uh, are are still my my uh, f- my fans from terrestrial radio down in South Florida and all my friends down there. Well, we've got a, we've got a couple of places, um, uh, and this is this is not an all inclusive list. Uh, we're on we're in Flagami Liquors, just south of the airport, Seventh uh, Ave and thirty at the corner of Seventh Ave and Thirty Seventh Street. And that's right, pretty much right across the street from the Magic City Casino. Yeah, it's a good spot. Oh, that's a good spot. And uh, there's another store called Big Game Liquors. They're on Lejeune, which is Southwest 47th Ave. <clears throat> <laughs> the uh, man knows Miami. I, I remember Lejeune. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, at this point, I'm starting to get the hang of it. I don't understand. You're going to tell me. You have to tell, be honest with me now. Why does every street in Florida, especially Miami, have six different names. You better believe it. Absolutely. I, I, As you travel no. north to south, if you try to go to Fort Lauderdale, forget about it. You've gone through six different names on the same street. <laughs> I, I never could understand yeah. it either. <laughs> I don't know. It's impossible to find anything because you have no idea where you're going or where you are. Because every street has 25 names. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't. And if you think, and the other part is, let's say you have to go to 7th Avenue. Well, first you have to get to 7th Street. <laughs> then you have to get to Seventh Court, then Seventh Boulevard. Okay, how in the who did this? Who how, came up with this? How stuff? are they all parallel? <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. I really don't. Um, oh, the follies I, I of driving in Miami—that's for sure. My, oh my goodness! Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> anyway, so we're in Big Game Liquors. Then we're at a place uh, at the northwest corner of the airport called Bryson's Irish Pub. They have it. Um, and there are uh, there are about six or seven other places. Um, oh, uh, Open Stage Club. I really hate to say this. Open Stage Club in on Geralda in Coral Gables. They were buying a ton of it, and apparently, uh, in the with with the closings uh, because of the virus situation, the city has takes taken away their lease. Oh. On Geralda. So they're, they're currently closed up and they were a terrific Cuban bar. They were just, they were packed every night. Great place. The owner I know is looking for a new location and will be, uh, with that will be one of the spirits he'll be continuing with. Um, but uh, keep your eye open for Open Stage Club in Miami, in the Miami, <clears throat> excuse me, the Miami area. Well, me being very egotistical and, and, and thinking, well, maybe this will be the only historical artifact that shows up. Uh, you know, I'm wondering, you, you've been alluding a little bit of how the coronavirus uh, currently in May of 2020 
We're in the novel COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. How is yeah. that affecting your business? Uh, and you've, you've given me a little hints and here and there. I mean, there's, of course, there's some places that are closing up some of the, some of the bars and pubs. I, I know that I, I have one that I, I do on Friday nights here in Conway, Arkansas, and, and they're just now uh, starting to open up maybe next Wednesday. But, you know, ha, ha, has it affected your business uh, in one it, way or another? It, you know, it's funny. In some places it has because they've closed or they're, they're, they're not busy, whatever it is. Uh, I spoke, I happened to speak with somebody today briefly uh, who uh, is the manager of a bar in Cocoa Beach, and they're closed. They've been closed for a uh, certainly a month and a half, maybe two months. Um, whereas, on the other hand, uh, I got an order from uh, a different place uh, in Cocoa Beach uh, last week, and uh, they, they see they're it's a restaurant, not just a bar. So that I think that's why they're open. Uh, but they're doing, I guess they're doing okay. Um, I, I, and again, we have a a bit of a presence in Cocoa Beach or in several places. Uh, and, we're, and we're also in several places in Orlando. And of course, my book with all the list of names of places is not at my fingertips. And I apologize. <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll make sure that I put all the links to your various things, especially the, uh, <laughs> the Gubba, uh, let's see what it is. GubbaRum.com <laughs> is the, the place to go to find out all about it. You know, and, and, and okay. I did know, do know that the, the liquor stores are an essential uh, place because I, I think, and, and this is just me uh, deducing from all of it, is because they don't want people to go through withdrawals and, and end up in a hospital bed that somebody else could be using. So I, I think that's why the liquor stores are, are open. Is it morbid? <laughs> well, I, Maybe. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, if you think about it, um, in Massachusetts, where I'm sitting right now, uh, liquor stores were deemed essential by the governor in his wisdom. And because I service liquor stores, I am therefore deemed essential. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, ha- I'm hardly saving anybody's life um, as a doctor or a nurse, but if that's what they're going to say, so be it. Keep, keep something in mind if you want to take a long-term view of this. You know, they tried to get not let, let people have liquor once before, that, about a hundred, not quite a hundred <laughs> years ago. That didn't work. That didn't work out too well, as you, as you may know. Uh, so I think they, uh, they swallowed and uh, said, you know, maybe we better let the liquor stores stay open because otherwise we're going to have thousands of people getting shot and bootleggers and everything else again. Who knows? Who Steve, knows? Stephen Gubb giving us a history lesson and uh, uh, Pearl's uh, wisdom. Uh, that is just <laughs> wisdom that you're given. And, and, and yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. Of course, man. You take away the liquor, yeah. you're going to have some, uh, uh, some people, people are not. They're not going to be happy. Oh, absolutely. They're not going to be happy. Yeah. All right. Well, so. I mean, shoot. I mean, that brings us up to now. Once we, uh, how's how's your family uh, holding together during this pandemic? I guess you're still having to go out and, and make deliveries and shake hands and, you know, and what have you. Well, or fist bumps. I guess there's no shaking hands anymore. It's going to be a lot of finger, no. finger guns and how you doing? Jazz hands. That's how I'm doing. Jazz hands, yeah. everything's good. That's that's right. I mean, I walk in and I say hello, and there's no shaking hands. I've done in the last number of years. I was doing two, three, four tastings on a weekend in a liquor store in various liquor stores. You shake hands with people. You're giving them drinks. You know, sample drinks uh, of the rum, and everybody is touching this. You're touching everybody's all touch and feel and shaking hands. 
no more. Can't do it now. Can't I, do it now. I hope we'll get back um, to that. All, all we need to do is have a cure for it. I, I know there's there's smart people, there's scientists out there. They're going to find a cure. And just like uh, the H1N1 and the flu and all that, as soon as there's some kind of a cure, I think everybody's going to be uh, handling it just fine. They're going to be hey, uh, less afraid, I think. I hope so. I hope so. I, I hope that, uh, you know, it's like anything else. You really hope for the, you hope for the best. You hope they can deal with it. And uh, it's, it's a terrible thing when these types of situations arise. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened very often, but we're, we're in one now. And yeah, look, you, you hope for the best and you wish everybody, you wish everybody good health. That's, that's all you hope for. And you hope we can get over this sooner rather than later. Well, I know I do a little news podcast and I, I read about it's it's always the deaths. It's always the death. But they're it they never talk about, hey, the recovers. <laughs> People have recovered. I I'm very hopeful. There's a there's there's a good recovery rate. And, and that's and a great point. Yeah. That's a very good, very, very good point. That's an important point. Yeah. Uh that that by it would be nice if they did, because you're absolutely right. They tell you how many people died yesterday and they do that day after day after day but they don't tell you how many people have recovered and that that would be some good news we'd love to hear that's what i want and the good news is you're gonna keep on making these drinky drinks for the people who want to get drunky drunk (laughs) (laughs) so i mean that's for sure okay so uh, day to day i mean do you do you actually go to an office and and work with some people and and take orders from people or is this is something that you can do from, uh, you know, like a an office that's more from home, or is it all cell phone based? Or I mean, what's what's the work day it's, like? Well, you know, it depends. Uh, it, it is this is a person person to person business. It's relationships. Uh, it's very much relationships, and it's face to face. You have to go to talk to people. I, I spend a, a lot of time, and I mean a year or two sometimes trying to develop relationships with people who didn't know me from Adam. Who the hell am I? I'm nobody. And I walk in with a bottle of rum and they, you know, they don't, they wouldn't give you the time of day, but when you keep coming back and coming back sooner or maybe they'll finally try it. They'll finally like, and hopefully they have to like me because I'm, I'm the face of the brand. They, I have to have brains enough to be able to get people to say, yeah, okay, let's talk to this guy. Seems like a nice guy. Well, if you can do that, if if you can make friends with people so that they'll just give you a chance, well, that's more than half the battle right there. Well, it's definitely a, a thing that I've heard uh, throughout my life in the office. You know, when you want to get together with some folks, hey, let's go out for a drink. And that's what, yeah, I mean, that, that makes friends. That makes a party. And Yes, indeed. Why yes, not indeed. have a gubba rum party? Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I, I know this, this sounds like it's been a, a big gubba rum fest and, and a big uh, advertisement for Gubba Rum, but man, I, I wanted to talk to you, man. I wanted to learn learn more about the rum business and how to make rum and 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 what it's all about, man. So, shoot, anything else you want to divulge to the peoples? <clears throat> well, um, I, I, I hope now that they've the now that your listeners have heard of Gubba Rum uh, and they've heard about its quality, I hope they'll be curious enough that they may actually go to our website, take a look around, follow Gubba Rum on Twitter, follow Gubba Rum on Instagram. Uh, We try to post things that are interesting, not just about Gubba Rum, but things that might catch your eye, things about traveling, things about other other spirit products, uh, things about cocktails that we 
again, it's just, just things to keep it interesting. Um, and hopefully, the most important thing is, if your listeners really want to be fabulous and wonderful and helpful to the brand, go to your favorite liquor store, go to your favorite bar, and say, hey, I want a, I want a rum cocktail with Gubba Rum. And if they say, well, we never heard of Gubba Rum. And they just ask them, tell your favorite liquor store, tell your favorite bar, hey, if you haven't heard about it, why not? Give them a call. Check them out. Have them call. And believe me, they're going to talk to me. I'm the owner of the brand. Mr. Bacardi isn't going to answer the phone. Mr. Captain Morgan's not going to answer the phone. But if they call, they'll talk to me. And I'm happy to talk to them. And if they're in a state where we do not distribute, guess what? We'll make arrangements. It may take a month or two, but we'll make the arrangements to start distributing in that particular state to that particular liquor store. We will, we want to grow. The quality will never change, but we want, we want more people to experience the brand and we hope they find that it really is a great experience, that they have a good time with it. They enjoy it. Uh, and if they want, that will become their drink of choice. Well, as, as I was looking around, Stephen Gubb, for the social links and where to find you online, I did come across your YouTube. I know it hasn't been updated in a while, but there's a, quite a bit of information out there on your YouTube. And I'll, I'll put that in the show links as well so people can uh, click on that and find out more about you. I saw that you had a, a, news, uh, sh- a, a news video that you put out there on your Gubba Rum YouTube so we've got we've got some we've got some good links out there. They are dated at this point, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I, I hate I hate to admit it, but if I if I if I may, if I can recommend a website called hotmixology.com, uh, if you go to that YouTube site and just in search for Gubba Rum, uh, there are at least twenty to twenty five different three to five minute videos of the guys at Hot Mixology using our rum to make different rum cocktails. And I hope people will enjoy that. Yep. They're available on your YouTube as well. I, I see the hot mixologist yeah. uh, out there. I guess they have a red background and they're teaching you how to make some drinks, some good yes, rum indeed. drinks, some good gubba rum drinks. All right. Exactly. <laughs> usually I finish these things up with last words for the people. Uh, I want you, Stephen Gubb, to give some last words, some maybe words of wisdom, stuff that you live by. Or just whatever pops into your head, and give the Stephen Gubb last words for the people. Well, last words. Uh, I can't thank you enough for the time. You've been more than gracious with all the time you've given me, and I thank you very much for that. I thank your listeners. I hope your listeners enjoyed the show. I try to make it fun. I try to make it interesting because that's especially at these t- times like these. You got to have a little fun. You got to have some. You have to have, and even you got to have a rum cocktail. Uh, look, I, we're, we're with, we're, believe it or not, even though we're, I'm in the liquor business and people say, oh, the liquor business, you know what? I'm another small businessman trying to make a buck. That's all I am. I'm just like, I'm just like any other guy on the street, but I decided to, to, to take this avenue to see if I could, you know, make it big. And I, I maybe will I make it big? I don't know. But if we make it, we make some people happy on the way. Well, that's half the battle. That's what we want to do. Well, there you have it, party people. Stephen Gubb. I knew it was going to be good. Once you bring rum to the party, once you bring Gubba rum to the party, it's a party, okay? The people need to loosen up, have a few drinks. Yes, that's a trope. 
you hear that all the time. Have a few drinks. Let's let's go out. Let's have a few drinks. That's the way to start the party for a lot of people. For a lot of people. And I know he mentioned that you know the 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 alcohol business it, it really hasn't stopped during the pandemic, during the coronavirus pandemic. It's an essential uh, industry. People need to be loose, wind down. And, and I don't know if my theory was right, uh, that people um, need to stop, not get in withdrawals and, and possibly take a hospital bed from somebody else. But hey, we're all going to break out of this soon enough. We're already starting to break out of this in the middle of, uh, let's see, what, what, what is the date? Oh my goodness, I didn't even look. May 11th of 2020, we're starting to make our way out of the pandemic. Yeah. It was nice talking to Stephen Gubb. Thank you so much for being on the program and telling me a little bit about rum. I mean, I've heard about rum my whole life, living in South Florida and the Florida Keys. Rum is like a way of life. Rum is a staple. Rum is like water to some people down there. I guess they drink for a living <laughs> and for fun. And, you know, it's, I noticed all the party, all the pictures that you have on your Facebook. It's you having a good time, pouring some rum. And making some smiley faces. And you did mention during the podcast, drink responsibly. That's right. You drink in moderation. Good deal. (laughs) Don't overdo anything. Don't overdo it. All right. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. If you, ah, yeah, you, I'm talking to you, my loyal listener. If you would like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Be on Radio What. Call 501-470-6386. Say your name, where you're from, and you're listening to what? The music you want is on RadioWhat.com. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag WhatMakesYouFamous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys thank you for listening radio what the music you want with some great, great quotes one does not discover new lands without consenting to lose sight of the shore for a very long time andre Guy. The music you want, radiowhat.com.